My name's Anna Smith. I'll be your host for the Q&A this evening. I'm a big fan of the film and it's my great pleasure to welcome to the stage the director, Tom Harper. Do you join us, Tom? The writer, Nicole Taylor, and producer, Faye Ward. Thank you. <laughs> Do you join me? Thank you. Oh, that was just wonderful, uplifting. I've seen it several times and I can tell people here share my love for it. Um, Let's go first actually to Nicole because you are the writer and this is a very personal story for you. Tell us how it came about. It is. Uh, I'm from Glasgow. I love country music and about um, nearly 10 years ago now, this character of Rosalind Harlan just popped into my head and started chatting away and just never really left. Oh, how lovely. And then Faye, you came to it next, is that right? That's right. I think, uh, embarrassingly, Nicole, maybe like eight years ago, came into my office with this idea a one-page pitch, and then eight years on a long journey. Oh, oh, right. We've got, oh, has oh. anyone actually got a long journey? We come to today. Perfect. And then, Tom, when did you come on board? Much, much uh, more recently. Uh, Nicole and I have uh, known each other for um, a while, actually. Maybe even as long as you've been writing the script. Course, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I'd heard about it, but I hadn't read it. And then I was having a cup of tea with Faye, and she. She was like, oh, I'm working on this um, script and would you have a read of it? And I did. And then within about like two pages, I, I firstly knew that I, uh, that I loved the writing and this character was um, sort of shouting off the page at me and it's such a brilliant character. And, 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 and from that early point as well, I had in my mind that, that this person who had to play that was Jessie Buckley as well. Because so you worked with Jessie before, haven't you? I had. I'd done War and Peace with her And you knew well, she so. could sing, I presume? Uh, I did, but um, I, I knew her, you know, that she was a singer before she was an actress. Yeah. And there's a little bit of singing in, in War and Peace, but, um, but I didn't know she could sing quite like, like, like that. <laughs> was she a country fan, Nicole, when you found her? I know obviously she's a singer, but was she already a country She's a real muso, yeah. but she hadn't yet got into country. She was much more of a jazz fan, so I made her a really long playlist, most of which she thought was really cheesy. But then she discovered <laughs> the kind of slightly cooler edges of country, like Bonnie Raitt and Emmylou Harris. So then she ended up introducing some of those people, to, introducing me to some of those people. And now she's like... Die hard country. <laughs> I've yes. seen her perform live, and yes, you, you would think she's been doing it her whole life, singing yeah. country, right? Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Faye, were you, when you first heard her sing, how did you feel? Relieved. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, also, when Tom said to me, uh, when I had a cup of tea with Tom, Tom and I go back years too, uh, he was already attached to his big it's a film that he's, he's already just recently made. So actually, the cup of tea was like a general, what are you up to, how are you doing, I hear you doing this big film. So when he said, I'd love to read it, and then called me and said, not only do I want to do it, I know who should play her, I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> We've looked for ages for somebody to play her, we've not found anyone yet. And then suddenly there was Jessie, and she came in to meet Nicole and I, and her understanding of the script and the character in a way that was like, it was just mind-boggling that we'd been living with somebody for eight years and she just walked into the room and felt like she knew her, at some respect, better than we did. Mm. I mean, it was it incredible. Sort of helped me understand retrospectively, or this is how I sold it to myself anyway, that this bloody thing, I was obsessed with it for years. People liked the script, the damn thing never got made. It felt uncastable because it felt to me like there was no point of making it unless you had somebody who could sing that well because you just wouldn't believe that character and you certainly wouldn't you know, root for them. And then suddenly there was this person who was that girl from the instant I 
laid eyes on her, and then it was like, right, that's why it's taken so bloody long to get made, <laughs> yeah. because you just no point in making this without Jessie Buckley. Worth waiting for, right? Yeah. yeah. What was the first time, the first time we heard Jessie, well, the first time I heard Jessie sing in character was at the rehearsal rooms in Glasgow, right, when we started to put together the band? Yeah, we've done quite a lot with her. No, you heard her before then. We, yeah. She did like some stuff with Chris Morfitas in the little oh, box yeah, of course, in um, sorry, North yeah. London. But actually, I've not heard her live. I've yeah. only seen it on oh, video. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it true that she sang when you, she did the first reading as well? She did, yeah, yeah. in the yeah. read-through. It was yeah. a really special read-through. Because yeah. also, because oh. part, you know, the, 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 the songs, you know, Nicole's script always had the songs in it and they were always a fundamental part of the narrative and so they were always felt really embedded within it. So when we had the read-through um, and those songs were sang for the first time all together, it sort of gave it this sort of magical quality where suddenly it really had, you know, read-throughs can be really, uh, I've had some terrible read-throughs in the past where, the, you know, yeah. they tend to go two ways, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> they're dry as hell. Well, this, yeah. was good, this was a good one. Sounds brilliant. Also, Jessie did it in front of Julie Waters, the first time she'd met Julie, right? Give yeah. or take. Oh, really? Gosh. That's Which is pretty great. intensing to do. Well, obviously I was going to ask about Julie because how perfect is she for this role as well? I mean, how did that come about? Was she instantly love it when she read the script? She did, yes, yeah, she, she did. did, yeah. She really liked it, but she... We basically auditioned for her. Tom yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely did. We basically begged her, and then she said well, she'd welcome us for have a cup of tea. Yeah. And we basically just auditioned as much as possible to say, please like us. And she was really articulate about the script in a way that I think she um, really felt there was an understanding of her character and her relation, personal relationship with her mother when she was younger about being an actress, and I think her mum might have wanted to become a nurse, and there was quite a lot of that she was tapping into. Mm. But she said she was kind of afraid of, right? Yes. Yeah, in that way, when things are close to you. That's interesting. She didn't want to do too many films that are a bit mm. close to the bone, I think, because it just takes a lot of yeah. them. Mm. Nicole, I love the way that this script has kind of evolved into something that is increasingly about the mother-daughter relationship. Is that something that happens organically as you were writing it? I think it always was about that, mm. but... Um, without sounding too like wanky writerish, I think it was always there, but it was in my unconscious, and it took so many years to dredge up what the thing was really about. I, I knew it, but I didn't know it, yeah. and it took it was years before I got before I understood that of course Marion's going to give her the money, and I sort of I knew that this Messiah character was going to lead her on a merry dance, not even negatively, but just how could she, she, she couldn't see her and her mum couldn't see her. And I just, I knew that, that the, some reconciliation with her past and with her reality meant a reconciliation with her mum, but bloody hell did it take me a while to get there. <laughs> <laughs> so Sophia Canedo, let me ask you, Tom, um, she, I, I read in the, in the presence that she brought something a little bit new to it when she came in because she's obviously a tremendous actress, but is it right that she kind of, because I felt that I had a very positive response to her character, even though obviously she's perhaps well-meaning, but in the wrong, she, what she's doing isn't in the best interests. But um, do you feel that she kind of morphed something when she took on the character and sort of changed her a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Sophie's really, um, she really throws herself into a character, as most actors do. But um, but she she was just made it so that it was believable to her, and I think that um, it, it always she just wanted to have fun with it and make it feel as 
you know, the, 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 you know, the danger with that, that character on the, peri on the periphery um, is that she just feels like just a do-gooder. Um, and, and because of the, you know, the, the central um, drive and the relationships are between Rosalind and her mum and Rosalind and her, her kids. And so it is. And so how, how do you take that role and, and make the most out of it? And she, I think she did that uh, beautifully. And she, and she just pushed us. She just kept pushing us, didn't mm, she? She, to, she was just, the casting of her, may I say, was just a, a masterstroke because that was the most difficult thing in the script to get right, actually, mm. the character of Susanna. And um, Sophie brought this warmth to her that if that hadn't been there, mm. she would have been much more of a stock kind of character, much more kind of cool, kind of venal kind of Englishwoman, which I never wanted her to be. But Sophie brought this warmth and a kind of geekiness, which just really did for that character. And I, I really loved her. And there was a real love and warmth between the Jessie, Jessie as Rosalind and her as Susanna. And, that's something that I didn't really ever fully imagine, and I, it, it was realised by you, and I, I thought it was brilliant. They love really they love playing off it against yeah, each other as yeah, well. Yeah. They really enjoyed each other's company and pushing each other, and um, and I think that kind of you can see yeah. that. In, They're really funny in, together. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Obviously, this is dramatic and moving, but what, what, the second time I watched it, I really, gosh, I've forgotten how funny this is. It's just yeah. like a really good laugh. Faye, what, what were the biggest kind of challenges in actually the production itself once the camera started rolling? Um, once the cameras started rolling, first of all, it was a crazy challenge to get the film financed. Yeah. It was really difficult and it fell apart many times. Put it back together slowly and sometimes put it back really speedily. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes under duress and absolute ultimate stress while doing too many things at the same time. Um, we couldn't Always get really calm about it though. <laughs> Never letting us know that you yeah, <laughs> don't shit anybody what goes on, basically. Um, we couldn't get into the Grand Ole Opry over in Nashville, but I was already five weeks into shooting and we already booked our tickets to Nashville. <laughs> uh, that was pretty hair-raising. So how did you do, how did you manage to get in? Uh, just basically the computer said no, and I was like, how am I gonna get round it? So you I made me write a fan letter to them. Yeah, really? I made Nicole write yeah. a lot of fan letters to people. <laughs> I just basically called as many important people as possible and got as far up as the food chain as possible, and I somehow, did get high up there. And as with everything, when someone says no, sometimes it is the computer says no, and sometimes you have to understand why they're saying no. And, and it was actually the computer, but it was also in that way that they were, what they weren't understanding, because why would they have no context to our film, was it's a church of music, and it's a real honour to be there. So in their eyes, it, you know, you've got to really earn your stripes to be in that place and sing. And that the fact, actually, once I got under the skin of it, that we didn't have an audience and that she'd sort of rebelled and ran onto stage mm -hmm. and sang made it okay for them because okay. it felt like, you know, she'd broken through. And that was right. really important. Right, so it was for them. explaining really how, how it yeah. all worked, yeah. So it was your persistence, really, in just sort of finding out what that thing was that, yeah. it, that we could get around the loophole. Yeah. And we didn't get our visas. We didn't get our visas. That was a bit oh. stressful. Donald Trump yeah. to power. And yeah. That's pretty awesome. We, I was um, getting married that week too. That was pretty awesome. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do it all? <laughs> That's amazing. Just by the way, I was getting married. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Tom, did you have any interesting and challenging incidents on set? Rain. Rain. Yeah. A lot of rain. Yeah. Arr. Glasgow and rain. Yeah. It was really raining on the, 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 the Susanna's party the first time, at the oh. first attempt. It was really raining. Lights were exploding. Lights were, yeah, oh, people being electrocuted practically. Faye was trying to force me to shoot inside. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, we, we put it back. Uh, we were 
the, the scene where uh, Jesse Buckley's filming the um, uh, where Rosalind's wiping the tables mm -hmm. um, after she gets a job at Silverburn, we we am I allowed to say this? Yeah. Well, are you going to make me look a bad producer now? I feel like I've not got. Yeah, oh, I'm in it. now anyway. So. <laughs> started. I don't mind not having permission for things. <laughs> uh, we, we did the uh, Marks and Spencer said they didn't want to, uh, us to film in the uh, to film in there, but we thought God, she's only wiping some tables and. And getting a long lens and get back in the in morning. In the cafe, yeah. Scene. Who's yeah. gonna, who's yeah. gonna so know? We're um, interrupting the, aud the audience, the punters, yeah, yeah. The shoppers. Yeah. Fine, she's doing a good service. Yeah. Anyway, so we filmed up. it, but then, then the manager sort of slightly saw this girl like wiping the, the tables with a like, a, <laughs> like a like the yeah with like a like a um, um, an outfit, and she's like, what? She went over and we got it. With, <laughs> actually, got it all in the brush. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Person comes in and starts cleaning the table. Yeah, she just gets up and stops and walks off. Brilliant. Yeah. Before we cut to the audience, Nicole, I want to talk to you a bit more about the music because I believe that you got more involved than you were anticipating. I did, yeah. First of all, there was... Um, well, yeah, what we did was write some songs, me and Jesse, with um, these two other guys. And um, it just started as something fun that we would do on a Friday afternoon, I think, as a way of me and Jesse not quite being able to let go of this character. But... We just got really, really into it. And we've got about six songs on the soundtrack, including the two that you just heard over the end credits there. And uh, yeah, it was such a laugh. I didn't do any writing for about six months and just was dicking <laughs> around uh, with country music. But yeah, it was such a dream. It's well so much harder done. to write than screenplays. God, and the soundtrack really is out the same day as the film, yeah, 12th of April. 12th of April, just yeah. Throwing that in. The evolution <laughs> of the music was a really interesting <laughs> process, like mm. building the team behind it. And even though, Nicole had written tracks in the film. I would say 70% of them stayed. I can't remember roughly. But like building the team around it and building the actual band who did play in the, in the band, obviously, and we recorded all the music live. Um, and how organically in post-production when Nicole and Jesse started writing, it was just a really wonderful kind it was of so organic much, experience. It was so integral to the, to, to the film, mm. the music, and to Jesse's performance that it was done live as well. Mm. So. And Mary mentioned. Oh, yeah, Mary. have a wee bit of trivia. Yes. Um, you know Mary Steenburgen, the Oscar-winning actress, she co-wrote the final song, Glasgow. By complete out Isn't of that nowhere. amazing? Because we put out, we, we needed like an absolute banger there for the end. And we, we had a brief that went to songwriting, like, pro, like professional songwriting teams in Nashville. And um, we got some good stuff back. But she being an actress, she, also, she was the only one that actually read the script. So then she came back with a song that was just so damn perfect. It's um, ideal. And you didn't know that was her when you heard it? Or, yeah, no, amazing. Not, not a no. Fantastic. Love her. Right, let's see what the audience have to say. We've got some roving mics. Please put your hand up and you, someone will come to you. Thank you. The front's here. Hi. Hi. Um, I enjoyed the film immensely. I thought it was fantastic. I, I found myself doing quite a lot of uh, chair dancing. <laughs> cool. But I was quite interested in the character of the daughter, Jessie's daughter, um, because I, I, I perceived her being very punishing towards her mum. And I just wondered where, where the story was that, uh, that took you to writing her in that way. Hmm. That's such an interesting question. I think um, I just saw this girl as being the third generation of this family of women who are just crap at processing emotions. Mm -hmm. So there was all kinds of things going on within that girl, but all she knew how to do was just brick them off and behave in that withdrawn way. And I think it was just another 
um, iteration of that problem that I was writing about generally of people's Glaswegian women's faulty emotional processing. Yeah. Thank you. Next question. Thank you. Thanks. I, um, I also enjoyed the film very much. I thought the music was was pretty outstanding. So well done all. Um, uh, the thing that puzzled me slightly, and I'd be interested, it worked, but I'm not quite sure how, and I'd be interested to know the reasoning behind it. We had the sort of turnaround where she's doing the, um, uh, the cash sponsorship thing and then backs out of that so that she can go and fulfill her duties to her children, etc. And then she goes to Nashville and uh, the, the lady at the motel explains how you get on in Nashville, you meet somebody who's going to introduce you to somebody, and, and that actually happens, and then she flies home. And then I'm just wondering at the reasoning behind that. It, it worked. I just thought it, I was really surprised by it because obviously her mum had spent her life savings getting her there and stuff. I'll, I'll go for it again. So um, it took me a long time to figure out how to end this film because I was starting with this question at the heart of the drama. What, what does this girl deserve? Is she so talented that that is a trump card and she should be allowed to just buy herself out of reality? Or once you've got kids, has that ship sailed and you have to just get on with that? So setting myself up with a question that doesn't really have an answer meant, gosh, what, do, what should I want for this girl ultimately? And um, then finally, when I went to Nashville myself for the first time a couple of years ago, I instantly knew how to end the film because all my life I've been obsessed with country music. All my life I've wanted to have a wee, you know, taste of Nashville and go. And it was amazing, it was sublime, but it was also completely ridiculous. And I understood that if you took a Glaswegian girl there who imagines herself as a somehow spiritually American, after about 48 hours of being, oh my God, I'm in Nashville, this is so cool, she'd be like, fuck this, cheerio, I'm away home. <laughs> because ultimately, if you're gonna write country music, you need to write it from a place. You can't be a fraud and be pretending that you're from Nashville when you're from, when you're from Priest Hill. So I think, that girl was not allowed ever to want what she wants. She wasn't even allowed to want to go to Nashville. But see, give her a little taste of what she needed. Then she could be trusted to make the right decision. And I felt that in my bones, that that is exactly what she would do. That once she was allowed to just get away and fly, then she could make her own decisions. And if she was ever going to write country music, it would have to be from the inside out. And that would mean going home. Beautifully put, thank you. Any other questions? Um, it was interesting that you were talking about the casting, and I think your casting director did a, an excellent job, Kayleen Crawford. And I was wondering if some of the supporting roles, uh, smaller roles, were street cast. Uh, yeah, they were. Uh, the majority of them, actually. Um, the, the prison officers and the... Um, the, the the people there's kind of an array of different people from Jamie Godley who's a comedian and never really acted before to the band who uh, you, you know uh, Phil Cunningham and Hallie McBain who are sort of very well known brilliant musicians and uh, strong personalities and TV personalities but I don't believe had ever acted before um, so there's a real kind of combination of people and that yeah Car Carleen's magnificent at that just. Um, um, finding opportunities and, and finding some different different people and bringing them together, but seeing that um, that spark of whatever it is that needs to be able to perform uh, 
um, and have the presence to, 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 to convey the characters on camera. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 I'm glad you noticed that, that a lot of it's supported by real people that, that had had no um, traditional training or even had never had any experience of acting before. That's a good question. Got one up here. Thank you. There we go. Pass that down. Thanks so much. Thank you. Um, congratulations on a, on a really wonderful film. Um, how and when did Bob Harris come on board? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so how, who made that decision? Was, it, was he originally written in and you chased him? Or what, Absolutely. What I mean, <laughs> see, in the days before country music was cool, there was one voice who was introducing it to the airwaves, and that was Bob Harris, right? You could only get an hour a week, Thursday night, BBC Radio 2, Bob Harris. <laughs> so it was unthinkable to me to write about... a country music in Britain without putting a wee cameo of Bob in. But I was half as a wee joke to myself. I didn't even really dare imagine that he would be in it. It made but, casting easy, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he, lo he loved it, and he's been such a supporter of the film, and I'm so pleased that he's in it. I, I'm, I am too. I'm glad he said yes. We would have been <laughs> totally brilliant. screwed if he hadn't. <laughs> even his producer's in it. So we, the gatekeeper to Bob Harris is we had to email the producer, Mark Hagen, we had coffee with Mark Hagen, then we were allowed to meet Bob Harris. And then me and Nicole had to do a fan-off with Bob Harris yeah. <laughs> and watch his show at one of his shows and then entice him in. Brilliant. Good question. Any more questions? So back there, thank you. Really enjoyed the movie. Thank you very much, especially the performances and the music. And I think Jesse's an amazing talent. But my question's really shallow. I was in Glasgow last week, and my American friend made and absolutely insisted that we went to her favourite pub, which was the Lauriston, I think it's yeah, called. It's great so pub. who's who chose the pub? <laughs> who chose Basically, the pub? a pub we we go into quite a lot. <laughs> 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 just it, a good pub. It's, it's a just a good, pub. like a, yeah, it's just like it feels like it's it's got character and it's been you know it's an institution and yeah. they were friendly and said yes, we're good. And in fact, a lot of the people in the pub are people from the pub. Yeah. Yeah. Wall Street casting, brilliant. Yeah. Got time for one or two more questions. Any more hands? I do have a question myself, actually, about um, the casting of James Harkness, because I thought he was such the, the, the kind of lover, if you want to call him. He's not really a love interest, and I thought that was so interesting that in this film, she just has someone that she basically sleeps with, he's a bit on the side, rather than a boyfriend role. Is that something that you felt kind of strongly about? not having that stereotype of the boyfriend. I was, maybe. Well, I was yeah. incredibly adamant. The financiers were the opposite of adamant. They were, weren't they? Yeah, Yeah, it was one of those battles. Really? They could not get their head around that a female could come out. Like, if a man was in, in any male film about a man coming out of prison, probably pretty much leaves prison, has sex, you're never going to see that woman again. And for some reason, a woman doing that was very difficult for people to get their head around. Wow. Well done for fighting that battle. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you see it, it's one of those things that you realise how rarely you actually see it and how absurd that is. So yeah. bravo <laughs> for that. James, James is, is amazing. Fantastic, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah he is really incredible. Cool. I think he's going to be a star, that guy. I can't wait to his write for him again. His audition was one of the best auditions I've ever seen. Why? What happened? We took his top off. <laughs> <laughs> but he really got into the part. Like, he literally just whipped his clothes off for the part. And it's just, it was just so good, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just so brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Well, Colleen said, you're either going to love him or you're going to hate him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah love him. This is ideal, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah those opening few scenes when I first watched it, everyone was howling with laughter when they just like shagging by the motorway. It was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. He's That's really, really he's a magnificent actor and he's mm. sort of, 
you know, it's actually quite rare that you find sort of really, um, um, really powerful working class actors who are charismatic and have, you know, because he has a really unconventional route to acting and but he's magnificent. He's, he's um, yeah, he's going to go far. He's one, he's one of his lines I remember in the audition. I can't do the Scottish accent, but you're right, pal. It was just like, oh, God, it was heartbreaking. It was just like one line. I was like, you're incredible. Brilliant. So yeah. emotional. I think every note is perfect in the casting of this film, so congratulations to you all. And, um, yeah, once again, anything you want to leave the audience with in regards to Wild Rose, just tell your friends, 12th of April, etc. Um, <laughs> yeah, what a winner. Yeah. Congratulations to thank you all again, and thank you so much for coming to talk about Wild Rose. Okay. Thank, thank you very thank much. You. Thank you very much.